Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. I'm Jim Galanti with T. Frank Carr. And since it's quarter number three, that means it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we take your questions and give them to T. Frank for some wonderful answers. If you want to ask T. Frank a question, download our app, Keystone Sports. There's an Ask T. Frank button. And at the end of it, T. Frank's going to pick out the best question. And the winner of today's segment will receive a gift box from the one and only W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters. They're at 234 Calderway in State College. 30 varieties of beans from over 25 countries, roasted with love in Happy Valley for over 45 years. You can order online now at statecollegecoffee.com. You get a chance for a discount code. Use code KSN for your discount. And are you ready for the questions, T. Frank? Let's do it. Let's go with Rob from Johnstown who says, Hey, T. Frank, I feel like Keziah Holmes is the forgotten man among the running backs. What's your take on him? And do you think he'll get to be part of the running back rotation this year? Well, Rob, are, are you stealing my... They call them takes in this industry, and I hate the term because it's been so diluted into just yelling into a microphone. But that's my assessment as well, is that uh, Kaziah Holmes, I was super impressed with him as a freshman, that he was he, he came in a little undersized. He was 5'11", 200 and some pounds, and was breaking tackles. He's got explosive speed, and now he's 216 pounds. So he is a fully formed Big Ten running back with speed. Uh, and to, to give you some insight into what we saw on Monday during the open practice, he was the second running back through when they were doing positional work. So I think he's going to get every opportunity to do that this spring. He's going to get the opportunity to keep those freshmen on the bench. Um, and, and that's going to be his job over the next 15 practices is to perform exactly how Rob and I think he can. Because when it comes to the offensive line, we just spent a long time talking about how they were blocking, how they weren't blocking, and some of the problems. They were not terrible to the point of, like, it was embarrassing, despite how Penn State fans feel. Again, going back to it was a really poor mix of players and talents. If on good blocks that they had, if they had a running back that had Keziah home speed, we could be talking about an entirely different situation where there's an opening, and if there's somebody that has a 4-3-5 speed or a 4-4-1, then that's a 40-yard gain. But because uh, Kevon Lee and Noah Kane were the running back, that hole closes and your opportunity is, is missed. It wasn't perfect blocking, but it was, it was good enough to get you some yards. And then if you have really well-blocked things and you're at the safety, and this is what James Franklin talked about last season, you've got to beat the safety. Your job as the running back is to beat the safety. And there were plenty of times that Penn State got their running back to the safety and it was an 11-yard game. You've got to be better than that. You've got to be able to force that guy to miss. And even if you don't get a touchdown, you get a chunk play from the running game and you take some pressure off the passing game and you cause the defense to pause because everyone was all in on attacking Sean Clifford last season. Uh, I think Keziah Holmes can do that. And if he can't do that, Nick Singleton's going to be chomping on at, at his heels to make that happen. So, yes, I completely agree with Rob. 
and a little bit off topic, but still with the running backs, and we saw these weight changes. Devin Ford lost weight. Yeah. What do you read into that, T. Frank? Well, I would I would not be shocked if he and Parker Washington switch spots because at five ten, and I was corrected, he's five ten, not five nine. Parker Washington's two hundred and twelve pounds, and when I saw him, he. I said this as a freshman, and I I was a little bit out on a limb here. He's the closest thing phenotypically I've seen to Saquon Barkley in a long time. His legs are huge. So Parker Washington and Devin Ford could flip positions. At 190, Devin Ford is going to be some sort of change of pace back, some sort of receiving back, because his whole thing, to be a complete player, he needed to be 210 pounds, and he just was never able to crest much over 200. So I don't know what to think of him. I have to see something to see the plan with him to know what the plan is because right now the plan is he's going to be on the on the bench. There's too many other options that bring other too, too many other things to the team. As an aside, you talked about your man crush on Landon Tangwall. I've had a man crush on Parker Washington since seeing his high school film. Yep. And I do feel like he's a receiver in a running back's body, which makes me anxious to see him as QB1. Those plays where Penn State was trying so hard to get the ball to Jahan Dotson, you know, a jet sweep or that quick yeah. um, uh, uh, wide receiver screen pass, which was called an extension of the running game. I want to see that with Parker Washington because I think he could run the ball like a running back. Let's move on to our next question. Let's go to... Uh, let's go to Matt in State College. He says, with Sandy Barber set to retire, how does this or will this impact Penn State football at all? And as a side question, who do you want to fill the vacancy? <laughs> I'm going to change the question a little bit. I have no idea. Because <laughs> I know that's, that's an unfair question. Uh, let me ask let you me this. Just say, let me, let you me say something that will pander. Let me, so I'm going to say who should fill that role I'm going to go with LeVar Arrington. Should definitely be the AD of Penn State football. <laughs> yeah, let's bring him back, and then let's bring back Paul Puzlesny to be the defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator. So I need to get, I, I'm very bad at doing things like that, so there we go. There's your answer. I'm going to change the question a bit. What are you looking for from the athletic director in support of the football program? So the, I will answer the first part. I, I think James Franklin's contract signals the support from the university to the football program. So the the higher will support the football program. And I think that's where we're going to start this particular conversation. So then the next thing becomes, how do you fund NIL? How do you keep up in the professionalized landscape of college football, which is what it's becoming? And to do it, somehow thread the needle of being, I don't want to, I don't want to use the wrong word here, but ethical, moral, above board, the Penn State tradition of success with honor, while still also getting dough for these kids and and being competitive with four and five star recruits that are going to be seeing six figure uh, NIL deals other places, focusing on academics, bringing the whole package like that's what Penn State has to be in the future. So they have to find somebody who has those skills. And to me, this is what I said earlier this week uh, or even last week. I think they have to look outside the box. I think they have to look outside of sports on the on the college level to find somebody who has that sort of 
mindset and that sort of background of, I don't know if it's marketing, I don't know if it's an NFL person that wants to take a, a step to the an AD job from a support role in a front office, but something like that where they have somebody forward thinking that isn't just another person that wants to do it the way they've always done because that's gone. Like that's all gone. James Franklin said it on Monday, the change over the last three years has been more drastic than anything in the last 15 years combined. And he's right. Uh, we look at the roster going back to the offensive line and, and safety linebacker, the transfer portal guts your roster. So you can't have depth. So how do you navigate all of these things as an AD? Exactly. And I think we're all in agreement. How about someone a little more forward thinking, not your traditional athletic director? Uh, speaking of NIL money, um, Brad from Percocy said, I heard a Florida football player is holding out of practice because of lack of NIL money. Uh -huh. If this is true, what can a school do about it? Can they revoke a player scholarship or dock scholarship money? I doubt it, but I can imagine this could put a college in a pickle. I think Brad's question in general is, what are the unintended consequences of NIL money? Yeah, um, so I don't know. I don't know NCAA rules to tell you if they could rescind his scholarship. But if a guy is refusing to perform the duties he agreed to in a uh, in in his scholarship offer, then I don't I, from from a from a I guess a realistic standpoint, I don't see why that you couldn't do that if he's in violation of some part of that agreement. Um, and then it, again, it comes back to what James Franklin has always said: go find the right guys that aren't going to do this. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of Penn State prospects and and class of 22 and 23 guys. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton's coming up on my, on, on my show today, and he's going to be a superstar at every level he goes to. But he is a humble guy that wants to do the work and do it the right way. So that would never happen with Deny Dennis Sutton. Find guys like that to start with and, and don't make those compromises for talent so that you don't have these problems to begin with. And the other part to this, T. Frank, is... If you take away the guy's scholarship, obviously they just hit the transfer portal right. now. And But the biggest thing for players is they want to play. Even if you just suspend the player, yeah. bench him, yeah. he's not getting on the field. The NIL money will dry up anyway at that point right. if, if the player doesn't get onto the field. Uh, let's see. David in Lancaster says... If the NFL gave you the power to make any changes to next year's NFL Combine, what changes would you make? Oh, I would make it less of a TV show, or I would focus the TV show on the athleticism and not just the on-field drills. Um, so that, from a from a viewing perspective, as somebody that's a football purist and and a, and a Combine purist who's been watching it since they first put it on TV when I was in middle school. That would be what I would change. But I would also change the order of the drills. I didn't think that that was very fair that they were having guys doing the agility drills at 11 o'clock at night. So that was kind of dumb. Um, those, I think those are the obvious changes. And then, uh, I don't know. Uh, the other stuff, I want to see more behind-the-scenes interviews, things like that. But that's all private stuff with, with the players and teams. Okay, let's uh, see if we can get one more in. Doug from Wellsboro says, T. Frank, how does recruiting Canada work? Does Penn State have connections with coaches in some of the better leagues? Is a camp invites or something else? Thank you. 
You know, Doug, that is a great question, and that is something I'm going to have to find out. I'm going to have to ask um, because th there's obviously a pipeline from Canada. I think a lot of it has to start with you have to be physically uh, exceptional because you look at guys like even Jesse Lucchetta was a freak. The 33-inch arms, runs really well. Malik Mega looks like a, an antelope uh, just running around the field, and he's. I saw him uh, at practice. He's jacked. So th th you've got to be special to stand out on your highlight tape first off. And then, yeah, it's just it's always about developing relationships. So having relationships with coaches in Canada, having relationships. Here's the other thing. A lot of those kids, when they're talented, schools in America will then recruit them. Uh, because I think it was Mercyhurst where Lucetta ended up eventually. Uh, and, and Christian Veyu ended up at the, I want to say, the Bullis School in Maryland after going to a high school in uh, Buffalo. So that pipeline is also there for high school coaches to see, okay, here's a guy playing Canadian football. We can get him into the States. We can recruit him, play him at our school, and then he'll get noticed by college uh, places, you know, colleges in America. So there's a couple of different ways, but I think those are the two main things that when it comes to Canadian recruiting or uh, international recruiting, going over to uh, Europe for a couple of players too. You got to be giant. We need a winner, T. Frank. Let's go to Rob, one of my four-man crushes on the team with uh, Kazai Holmes. All right. Very good. That is it for Ask T. Frank. Stick around. We're going to talk recruiting with Eric Lammers in quarter number four. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout.